1: through the white claw <laughs> Glenn you as, watch
3: one of the white people in this room is going to get one of these to the face I'm sure so,
1: there you go as, yeah. as as we all know from comedy shows white women like to amplify through the white claw
3: <laughs> you know me <laughs> no peace
2: oh uh, hell yeah
4: I'm already triggered
2: there we go um, white claw are we ready to uh we ready. Oh, by the way, I don't know. I don't really have much to go over. Why don't we just kick the program into high gear? Welcome to the Quality Time Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm also joined by my my sweet blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I don't know who you're talking to. I'm gonna guess is this is this Brian Cox?
4: No, because of Morgan tonight <laughs> on the film The Morgan Ranch, it's me. Harry Morgan
2: from the (laughs) show MASH. Harry Morgan. Why Harry Morgan? I don't understand your Because choices. of the Morgan <laughs> Ridge on the movie tonight that oh, we're okay. going
0: to talk about.
2: Well, you are quite the and scruff- I'm
0: glad that
4: Hawkeye and BJ aren't going to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sure. I'm very sure of that. All right. Uh, we're also joined by uh, our other co-hosts, the very lovely, the very talented, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you?
3: I'm good, Jeremy. That was a 10 out
4: of 10. <laughs> I like to keep it topical and up to date with people that are over the age of 80. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeremy really has his he knows his target audience. Most of them are dead, uh either by his own hand or by just natural selection. Nothing like a good David Ogden <laughs> Stiers joke. <laughs> God, I hate you. Anyway, uh, I'm, we also have a special guest this week, a uh, uh, comedian extraordinaire, Mr.
1: Glenn Lawrence. Glenn, how are you, sir? I'm doing amazing. I'm I'm just living the dream, although I have no idea what Jeremy was talking about. I'm just going to play <laughs> along. Uh, those sound yeah, like references one I of those know.
0: youngsters under the age of 40,
1: obviously. <laughs> I feel like I didn't study for the test. Don't worry.
2: That's
0: Okay.
3: Glenn, that's me every week. They we
2: don't, don't we don't know what he's talking about. We just nod and we just go. Oh, really? That's something. Huh? <laughs> More of Jeremy's meaningless poetry. Uh, it's nice.
0: Oh, you kids! When you're into your, into
4: your, you know, your, your, your Paul Anka records, playing <laughs> Paul, at all hours, and Paul Anka. drinking, drinking out of your mules with your, your vodka. <laughs>
2: Thank you Jeremy for that so uh, Glenn welcome to the program uh, the quality time podcast you've you're, you've now joined uh, the 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 likes of the great um, uh, Tom Myers and Chris Restivos of the world former guests of the show yeah uh, Tom
1: Myers on here
2: oh Tom Tom Myers is actually our most downloaded episode of all time shut if shut I'm gonna your be face. honest I can't even make this up Glenn if I'm lying <laughs> I'm dying right now uh, if, if I'm lying I have watched the ring tape and there is a girl with black hair that is about to leave fist prints all over my torso. Uh,
1: (laughs) If I could say one thing about Tom Myers, it's like, that guy fucks. Somehow that guy (laughs) fucks. Does he? I don't know if he does. I'm pretty sure if
2: it is, it's through the slit in his jeans. Uh, (laughs) I
3: um, can confirm that we belong to the same cat mom, cat dad, Facebook group so the man gets a lot of pussy. Oh.
4: Where does he fuck if he can't fuck at his parents' house?
3: <laughs> oh, he's he's a bad boy. He does it behind the stadium.
2: Hell yeah. behind In between his 7-Eleven shifts. It's good. <laughs> um, no, uh, so so Glenn, you're, you're a comedian. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into the comedy game. How long you have been doing it and, you know, stuff like that.
1: Uh, well, I, I think my, my entry into comedy was uh, because I failed at marriage the first time, <laughs> uh, and that led me down a deep winding path of uh, self-reflection and self-pity, really. Uh, and and in in that path, as many of us do, uh, we find comedy, and Mm-mm. that's that's how I that's how I ended up there. But uh, you know, I've been doing it for a while. Got to do some cool things uh in it and with it i put out a special not too long ago i, I don't know oh, you call nice. it, it was one of these pandemic specials everyone put out a, mm-hmm. a pandemic special uh so it, it was one of those it was the last thing to drop on 2020 i dropped it like at midnight on uh or at, at like like 6 a.m or six o'clock on the last day december 31st of 2020 so if it was bad it'd be the last part of 2020 which was a terrible year. And if it was great, it's the first thing you saw in 2021. So, well, that's nice. Where
2: can uh, where can folks find uh, the special at? How do I how do I consume this?
1: It's a I got to say something on YouTube. Uh, if you go to Level Up Comedy, okay, you can check out Level Up Comedy and see our page there. Um, it's a it's a comedy outfit run by a husband and wife team. Uh, And we just like to give hilarious content. Ashley's been on shows that we were going to have you on, Eric, if we wouldn't have shut down, uh, you know, during the the pandemic. Once we start doing shows again, we'll have to we'll have to do it again. Do you remember doing this? We did a show together and we talked about doing a buddy cop spinoff like thing. Eric, do you remember this? Yes, it was at a bar in D.C.
3: he' not i' not, he does I, not remember.
1: I say a lot of things yeah. um
2: but no but, i mean we could do a buddy cop thing sure i was like, it was like
1: it. A, it was like you know because I, I feel like the the country needed to come together and they needed uh, a white gentleman like yourself and a black gentleman like myself to to come together yeah like this happen
2: hell yeah but regular regular old rigs and uh lethal and, wep- and Murdock I think that's what we combo. called it the
1: new the new lethal weapon
2: yeah the we we, we actually switched it up one of the things we to, i remember it now we were actually i was going to uh we were going to switch it up though he was going to do white face and i was going to do black face <laughs> and we were going to really we were really going to tie things together that way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, oh, just, so wait
4: wait together. is it going to be like a freaky friday mm-hmm. cop Buddy
2: no, 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 no. We don't want to. Don't take out the racism part that we just mentioned. Yeah. That uh, was an. There's, there's no body swapping either. <laughs> That's it. It's just. It's just that. No, it's like Little Dicky and uh, Chris uh, and Chris Brown, except much more <laughs> low budgeted. You understand? We can't we even can, understand the, the swap part.
3: <laughs> we can do what Eddie Murphy did in Coming to America when he mm-hmm. played all of the parts. Yeah. So instead of coming to America we call it this is America and we just watch people beat the shit out of Eric <laughs> I'm
1: so good I, that's the part I was born to play uh, <laughs> I feel like Ashley needs to be in this somehow Ashley needs to be in there either as the, I can, you be can be the, the... Lois
3: Einhorn like from H. Sure, where you're like what the fuck is that and I'm like it's my penis
1: uh. <laughs> I feel like a lieutenant is is a great, or the FBI agent that comes with some special information. It's yes. one of the good parts, you know? Hell yeah. Just
3: an unhappy woman that manages men. That seems like a role I was meant to
1: play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. it's
4: like a stretch.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Glenn, you're out uh, of Virginia, right? And, yeah. uh is uh what's what's the Virginia comedy scene like as the pandemic is things are opening back up are you guys are, are you allowed guys allowed to go places without a mask on cuz Maryland's now it's it's free reign country now you just mm. walk around maskless and accepting life again out here but people are still you know people are still wearing them and stuff I, I what's
1: the virginia area like at this point I, so I, i'm in arlington and uh honestly arlington was uh, deadly quiet for like maybe i don't know a month two months no cars on the street nothing really happening and then everyone just kind of just said fuck it and just started going out <laughs> virginia wasn't really like strict with its its mandate so to speak you know i hope the governor doesn't get me but it's like actually i don't care whatever the, the virginia was just like they had mandates kind of but people were out from what i saw people were out bars were They were semi packed. People were semi conscious. I wasn't out. I just saw them as I was driving to like the grocery store, and I'd be like, wow, there's a lot of people there. (laughs) Like, it gets to the point where you start thinking, am I crazy? Am I the one who's. Like, is someone else taking this, you know, seriously? And then I talked to friends, you know what I mean? Uh, Ashley, I talked to you and and you're just like, no, no, we like, I've been home. Like, I don't know who these random people are out in the street, (laughs) but they're out there and I've been home and everyone I talked to has been home. So
3: it was specifically weird, like when you and I would try and keep up with each other to see what was going on, because you and I, I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania here in Virginia, we had two totally different experiences at some points of what was happening. So it'd be like, Hey, how bad is it there? You're like, No street fighters yet. You're like, How about you? I'm like, people are eating their pets. But so it was you know, <laughs> it was it was weird, but like I feel like the year before the pandemic was probably our biggest year. I mean, that was I want to say the year we met, right, Glenn? And then we yeah. were we were constantly seeing each other at shows. Yeah. Because remind me, did we meet at Church of Satire? And then we ended up competing together at Magoobies, right?
1: No, we. I think. See, I got a memory about all the shows that I've done. We met okay. at local sixteen, I believe. Fernando Madrigal has had a room there, mm. and it was like an open mic situation that that we saw each other. It was just for a brief moment. I think okay. you probably don't remember.
3: Because I remember you being up at I want to say up at Church of Satire With Marcus Brown Or maybe Alan Masterson
1: Uh, Alan Masterson uh, You know what I think that weekend For Maddenberg sorry so I think that weekend I was helping produce Jim's first special, which was uh, that's where, right. Where where in the hell is Easy Street? So another I pandemic special her
3: featured, yeah, yeah you, okay, one,
1: one of one of those two. But uh, okay. I was because uh, I produce as well. Level Up Comedy for all your production needs helped produce uh, a comedy special for Jim Bryan, um, mm-hmm. where 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 in the hell is Easy Street? Um, his his uh, dear friend uh, John, I want to say. Uh, LaGuardia but that's wrong um shit I should I should know his name he he uh he helped produce it with this rest in peace he, he actually passed away over over this whole thing oh, but man. um but yeah that was the first special I helped uh with uh producing for Jim and then the second one which was uh what, what was the name of it it was uh uh where in the hell is easy street and uh Layback maniac uh, that's what it was yeah so that, that was another one but yeah ashley saw you there church of satire which by the way if you haven't been to church of satire great venue to mm-hmm. check out you should should hop but in But it's there.
3: weird that we went from like 100 miles an hour to zero <laughs> during the pandemic
1: listen listen i feel like everybody before the pandemic was was jumping like everybody was like i'm on the i'm on the i'm on the verge man i got the next big step Eric, how, how was it for you? Were, you? were you about to make a big step? Because I feel like everyone was talking uh, about a big step that they were about to make. And then all of that shit.
2: I mean, up. I know that no matter what, what I will say is if I fail at comedy, it'll be because of the pandemic. That's what I. That's what I'll tell everyone. That's. Uh, it was the. It, it wasn't the eleven years of wasted time and open mics and bombing sessions. It was definitely this pandemic where I wasn't where I wasn't allowed to perform. That'll be. That'll be it for me. That's what I'll. You know, after the pandemic, I couldn't do it. But no, I think. Uh, I mean, I was definitely doing uh, doing pretty shows. It wasn't my most lucrative year. I feel like twenty. 2018 and 17 were big, but that's because I had like a couple of uh, I had a couple military tours where I went overseas and actually made like a substantial amount of money at comedy where I didn't I was just like. Well, All oh. I need to do is like if I did this like four or five times a year, I'd be at minimum wage, and that was nice. exciting to think. Is that from pre? A comedic, is that
1: pre fifteen dollars minimum wage the, or post? Whoa!
2: whoa or, what, fifteen dollars? What? <laughs> you're making what? <laughs> I'm talking seven fifty with maybe a free beer every once in a while. Let's not get carried away, Glenn. Uh, oh. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I I just I do kind. Comedy... Uh, well, it is it is a joy in my life. And so also, I also love doing the show with the great Ashley and my uh, my very twisted brother. He's going to say things that you're not going to understand throughout the entirety of this episode. Uh, but I, these are the things that uh, bring me joy from actually earning a living. So nice. uh, I hope one day that, uh, you know, like as I think as most of us do, that this is my one day will be my form of income. But uh, it is currently not. And in fact, I'm pretty sure most years of my uh, 11, 11 that I've been into it I think we've been consistently in the red except for two or three of them so uh, mm. definitely more money out than ever going into this business uh, but uh, you know I'm, I'm sticking with it and uh, it's it's rough I mean I assume it's it's rough for all of us though like is anybody nobody on this show is doing great at comedy right like none of us are, are making a okay. killing
4: I, I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry that this whole show hinges upon me for the time that I go psycho <laughs> and kill so many people. Jesus Christ. That it is just going to be on the news for like a month straight and everybody's be like well, listen to how crazy he was on Quality Time. Well, Jer- we know that he was going to be a murderer.
2: I just, I know, I don't believe that, Jeremy, because I just, I look at your physical stamina, and I just don't believe that you'd have the, you don't even have the finger dexterity to, you know,
1: to pop. You don't off. have the cardio for multiple murders. <laughs> yes. Every, yeah.
2: every every man has
4: every man has a pushing and and breaking point, and it's it's just by the grace of god it hasn't happened in the last 30 years
2: that's good man i will look back on this and this will be a very shocking episode one day
3: Jeremy, uh, <laughs> i believe i believe in you that you can kill as many people as you want but because i'm a team player if i snap before you do i'll just frame you for murder
1: yeah that, <laughs> that's a
4: natural born killer i see my like accomplice coming you're gonna,
2: out.
1: you're gonna pad his stats no, it yeah. was
2: it was Ashley all along. Ah!
4: I'm like the yeah. really fat Woody Harrelson.
2: I would say
3: Jeremy, <laughs> I love giving men credit for my work. You can yeah. have it. So,
1: <laughs> it. In case in case the listeners didn't realize Ashley, when we were talking about Jeremy and his Kellys, Ashley was looking so sad, and I couldn't tell if it's because we were putting bodies on him or if he wasn't getting enough. She was, but either way, she was sad. <laughs>
4: Glenn, it's sad when you tell people you're going to kill somebody and they're like, you're too incompetent to kill people. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. you said
1: out of shape. You're totally competent. Yeah. You just can't physically we- muster the power. Yeah, we 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 believe that.
4: Uh, how hard is it to shoot a gun? Come on, I mean <laughs> morons shoot guns. That is
2: true. That is true. Now, uh, uh, Glenn, where do you uh, where do you see yourself? You know, let's go to twenty thirty from here. Where 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 does the great Glenn
1: Lawrence see himself at that point? Should I go full delusional or just? Uh, <laughs> oh, please, actually, fuck please. yeah! <laughs> uh, I, Next, Kevin I, Hart, motherfucker. Listen, I. I am aiming and I think I can do it. I want to be the Kevin Hart of Mars. I feel like I could I could go out of space uh, and kill it there. It's a it's a untapped market. You know what I'm saying? Martians are <laughs> in the need for this good old earthly comedy. You know what I'm saying? I could be the Larry the Cable guy of of uh of Mars. Kind of I want to see you, know, you really...
2: sign uh sign some mutant chicks third titty more than the, anything know, this, in the whole world.
1: Right. Now. Ever since I saw Total Recall, <laughs> that was kind of been a dream of mine to make that three titty bitch laugh
2: what's the the, deal what's the deal with all
1: these cyclopses here on Mars am
2: I right
4: by, by (laughs) by the way the chiller is going to have the actual character who played Benny come to the next chiller
2: that's very that's very much what we were talking about jeremy um you're talking about ben, benny from you me you mean benny from uh, uh, total recall he's going to be at the next chiller total theater recall, yeah. which is a horror con that's like you know when you just don't assume our audience knows exactly what you're talking about you know Oddly it took enough, me a little bit I'm,
1: jeremy he has the head of the little baby that was inside the guy <laughs> like right yes
2: he, he does have quadro energy for <laughs> sure <laughs> Please. <laughs> open your mind What you can't see is Jeremy's actually attached to his wife right now This is just the appendage That she's grown as her husband
4: <laughs> I, I, I like to keep some of my trade secrets uh, Pretty quiet Like my my write up for The Total, Total Recall musical Like open your mind Open your mind You're gonna save Mars If you open your mind
1: can can i write the rap remix to that
4: yeah hell yeah yeah Yeah. my other favorite is uh is is the real operatic one of schwarzenegger singing um Whoa! Get oh. your ass to Mars. All
1: right, I'm gonna need you to pronounce that all at once. yeah. There was a little cutout there where it definitely
2: was short. Hard, hard salt and hard vin. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, it took me a minute. It's like, oh wait, okay, I got. All right, cool. Woo! <laughs> that was close. Was wow. Just,
4: uh. Wow. The computer made me a racist.
1: <laughs> yeah, the computer uh. did.
3: Yeah it was, it was the computer. <laughs>
1: But uh, to answer your question fully, uh, hopefully by 2030, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'll am i have put out uh, a good number because I want to do these independent specials. I, I figured that will be my path instead of, you know, going around and, and doing all these uh, like club circuits and touring. I think I'm just going to be the type of dude who just puts out specials like Tyler Perry or Gary owner, or, you know, like Mm -hmm. just put out my own content and then have it grow. And hopefully people will enjoy it by then. Uh, Hopefully Ashley will be a headliner that I am begging for time to open for or to feature for by then. Hopefully you'll be, uh, you'll be done with your mercenary stint, Eric. And, no. uh, you'll be going around. And,
2: uh, I'm and- working on, <laughs> uh, podcasting from a double wide bathroom by 2030. Uh, that's really the path that I'm on more than anything. uh,
3: yeah glenn I, I love your optimism that's so sweet i would love to have you open for me but jokes on you i'll be dead <laughs> oh don't say that
1: you better not eh? well, I, well why did i assume that you would just do it yourself <laughs> 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 for some reason it just came, like no don't do that to yourself uh, I, you're perfectly capable of having jeremy murder you i'm sure
2: yeah don't take that from jeremy he's got plans uh <laughs> and that's that's the thing I'm most I'm I'm most excited about um I uh Ashley I don't know if we have an honest ash but I'll I'll have I have it queued up if you need it but uh
3: I don't think you want it let's keep going (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay got it well uh i will say i had a fun story this week um and the continuing saga of the amazon driver who took a shit on the back part of my toilet uh two weeks oh, ago no. Now, are
1: you serious
2: yeah yeah let me bring you up the speed <laughs> let me bring you up to speed glenn lawrence uh just quickly because we've rehashed this for our listeners over the last two weeks in this oh. saga uh we uh, uh, an Amazon driver came to my home. Uh, my wife let him in uh, graciously because he looked like he was in some discomfort. And he backboarded a turd off of my toilet, uh, like as if it were a layup. And, and banked it into the toilet and then left it like that uh in total shambles. Uh now since then uh it has been uh, a recurring <laughs> bit on 98 Rocks morning show and afternoon drive uh on two different occasions. <laughs> so uh now and I've gotten nothing from Amazon yet and nor am I asking for anything except for this man who's clearly on the spectrum just to live his best life and then prove to my wife that she should never trust another stranger in our home again. So uh uh, yeah, featured on 98 Rock. Doesn't that warrant fucking
4: Bezos? Doesn't that warrant Bezos actually coming to your house and apologizing?
2: I think. I mean, I would hang with a Jeff Bezos, right? Like, I. Yeah, do who is would...
4: Warren Bezos?
2: Warren Bezos. <laughs> that is uh, a. I think is... he said Warren
4: Bezos. Uh, I'm pretty sure Warren Bezos. He wrote that song uh, "Werewolves
1: of London." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that no, no. reference. It's
3: warehouse in
1: London. <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't know that
3: reference. Okay. Uh, werewolves in London. Uh,
1: I hired a it's mentally retarded man to deliver wait, packages. Wait, so this is. So, so you said banked it off the back. Not to be confused with the upper decker, because the upper decker is delivering. No, 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 no. You're no, saying. AKA no. the hit a dookie. I, no, this guy
3: shit on the back.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: as if he like trowed down. and It was like, it's too late. And potato candidate it out of his south mouth. And then it hit the backboard and then tumbled into said toilet. And then he now, just left it like that.
1: Now, now, do you think he was trying to avoid some of the paperwork and files that you have in your basement? <laughs> I mean, in your bathroom that you do for the mic uh, for the podcast. Do you think he was trying to avoid some of your equipment?
3: Maybe he's listened to our podcast and he's like... Fuck it, dude. This is the worst thing I've ever heard on Spotify and just purposefully just spray canned his shit all I over feel, that bathroom.
1: I feel like you were targeted. I feel like you were definitely targeted, was, like this fucker. I was
2: picked out of the lineup. Out of this
3: anybody that has a beef with Eric and would shit on his stuff, I gotta be honest. I wasn't, my money was not on the Amazon guy. I,
2: I supported him for so long. Uh,
3: I mean, I've had several periods in that basement where I wrote in my own blood, fuck you and he still didn't get the note. So I oh, mean that, that Amazon guy I really
2: know how to deliver. Holy shit! I just noticed. We God. thought it was a
3: poltergeist.
2: <laughs> Uh so uh the this this continues I'm hoping that uh I am finally done with this saga of my life I can put it behind me uh my my bathroom has been uh thoroughly uh, d- uh deloused by my sweet uh my sweet wife Erica Woodworth so uh very so Did you put times. that in
1: the I'm sorry to interrupt did yeah. you put that in the Yelp review or the, in the review for the product you got cuz sometimes people <clears throat> blame the delivery guy for the product you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the delivery guy shit in shit in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I'll give this product a one star. It's like my product had nothing to do with Glenn, that.
3: Glenn, <laughs> Glenn, I will buy you a beer if you uh, you have three guesses. If you can guess what he was delivering for Eric?
1: Can I? Can I just get a? Uh, so in the ballpark, he was delivering something for the cat. They don't have a cat, but that's good. Damn it! I could have definitely swore yeah, you were no, a cat guy. No cat. No uh, cat. Let's see. um He's delivering, uh, guitar strings. Guitar strings is a decent guess. Okay. 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 I'm down to one. This is the last one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to say vape refill products, but I know they can't do tobacco stuff from Amazon. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with sleeves for your vest. Oh God! Very all
2: solid guesses in and of themselves, unfortunately wrong. Uh, but it was indeed the quality time koozies that we'll be giving out at the haunting oh. drive-in this Friday. If you're listening, they got removed from our store for copyright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh really? So if you want to get an illegal uh an illegal koozie, I'll be giving them out for free at the Mahoning Drive In Theater for the Joe Bob Briggs Mutant Weekend drive in special. Come and check that out. I had to have a man shit in my uh, on my toilet to get these to you, our viewers and listeners. So come up to us, check us out, and we're gonna be there Friday night. Very excited. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I can I can I just write the review that you should if you have haven't put it on amazon yet it should be like basic koozie gets the job done had to give one star because delivery driver shit on my toilet plus these are illegal
2: <laughs> uh, it's only illegal if you get caught boys uh they'll never find out who it is with our logo on the side of it <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so there's another
1: quality time podcast? No, there, so but... we,
2: I made this thing uh, called Live, Laugh, and Love. Uh, I know you're familiar with the saying, but I, I had a picture of the of uh, one of the aliens from They Live for Live. And then for the laugh, I had mm. a picture of uh, from Evil Jack Dead of him Nicholson. losing his mind. And then for Love, mm. I had Jack Nicholson pushing his face through the door. And it was a nice Live, Laugh, Love thing, which you can still get. And I have one exact T-shirt that I ordered as a sample that they did send to me, so I'll probably probably be rocking that out on Friday night.
1: Can, can I, can I, uh, i I'll, I'll give you a suggestion. It may be the Jack Nicholson that got you the copyright strike, but if you use from the movie, I think it was species where the alien forcibly forces semen into the other aliens mouth or whatever and then there's like an alien I think it was from the movie Species that might be your love that's our love right there that That might be your
2: love (laughs) it it sounds like the scariest Robert Frost uh, like like poem it was like as the the alien inserted its sweet semen on top of me whilst (laughs) the piss dripped from the sides of the coffee table I (laughs) as I looked up I knew this was love and
3: that's a great poem. I'm a big fan of copyright infringement in autumn.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Is there any other season? Uh, I don't know. Autumn, it's, is that the most... I feel like spring is a very, very well-written about, uh, uh, you know.
4: Can I mention my Yelp um, review? Yes,
2: please, Jeremy.
4: I usually say the same thing, which is, um, although the impotence drugs and and video cassettes of pornography were really well packaged and sent, the Amazon driver that pooped all over my toilet seat, he's not gonna be allowed to stay another night.
0: (laughs) Another night.
3: (laughs) That's pretty close to mine. Mine's always like four out of five stars, high-class diarrhea. Can't say enough about your food.
4: One, One night was enough, not two or three. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but wait, like, going, going back, I would just like to say, you know what Shakespeare used to say about plagiarism? What's that? You never would have caught him if it was autumn. There you go.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, well, are we ready to get into tonight's film, ladies and gents? Uh, tonight, we are going over the uh, the 2002 Classico uh, The Ring.
4: The movie with the little gecko, Rango.
2: Ringu, yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Yes, yeah, so this is based off the, the Japanese movie by the same name called Ringu, uh, which is a remake for the stateside, uh, written by uh, uh, Hiroshi Ta- Takahashi, uh, and uh, based off of the novel by Koji Suzuki. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm not making this up. These are all real facts, Jeremy.
1: He's named after a motorcycle. <laughs> that,
2: that's like Smith over there. Suzuki is a very popular, <laughs> very popular name. You might as
0: well be Piston Honda.
2: <laughs> the first thing. Maybe we, you beat up a car or something. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, unfortunately, Koji Suzuki couldn't make it on the program because he actually did oh, have you to. Shit. He had, to, he had to actually fight Mike Tyson's punch-out today, so it was a very busy day for him. Uh, we are excited. Uh, this uh, American adaptation, though, was directed by Gore Verblinsky, uh, which is the, probably the most fun name for a director, uh, I will say. Gore uh, Verblinsky. Uh, Short for
4: Al Gore Verblinsky
2: that is Al Gore Verbinski uh but no the the ring is important and I think uh it's also one of the most successful horror films uh, that uh, uh, until Stephen King's It that was a remake. So until Stephen King's It in 2017 this movie The Ring was the highest grossing horror remake in history with a total worldwide gross of over $249 million. So very big very big uh, movie of the early 2000s. Uh, in fact this movie sold more than 2 million DVD copies in the U.S. alone in its first 24 hours of video release, but this success of the Ring at the box office was really paved uh, was really paved by uh, the success of another film in 1999, and that's The Sixth Sense. Now, The Sixth mm. Sense uh, being so successful in 1999 showed Paramount, who is classically put out plenty of horror movies over the past. They actually put over uh, put out the bulk of the Friday the Thirteenth series, I think, up to number 5 or 6 I want to say mm-hmm. until Dimension and Miramax bought them out but uh, they saw this and they saw that a psychological supernatural thriller could be a viable piece of artwork to sell to the rest of the world henceforth they greenlit the ring and uh, a lot of other uh, Japanese remake movies too by this actual same writer and director combo because uh, later we would get The Grudge and uh, other film franchise is based off of this same thing and i remember the first japanese horror movie i saw during this time which was battle royale which is also another great uh uh japanese horror film that came out around this same time i remember like late 90s early 2000s ashley i don't know sorry that was
3: the dog um (laughs) uh but actually no i mean it kind of makes sense um the ring came out during kind of a really pivotal time, and I would say in media generally, because 2002, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I don't remember what year the DVD player really took off as far as a financially um, easy to acquire like thing for families. I would say what maybe between, I mean, you guys can correct me. I would say what maybe between 99 to 2002, when it was like somewhat financially... Um, easy to afford. This is one of the first DVDs my family ever bought. Um, So it was like this huge changeover in how people could access movies and The Ring As terrifying and as well done as it is Is a PG-13 movie which is why I think it was so accessible to more audiences
2: Mm. That is true and that is a That was a thing for a lot of Folks because PG-13 Was actually uh, The the genesis of the PG-13 rating was invented Mostly for horror films Because a lot of horror films would have to Try to make their horror movies PG Uh, So they invented The subcategory of PG-13 Actually off of the movie uh poltergeist, which is by the way, a PG movie that they were like, nah, this is way too frightening to show a child of seven years old, but it's not quite a rated R movie. So that movie ruined me, Poltergeist.
1: I'm still <laughs> yes. scared of old white men because of it.
4: <laughs> I, I'm
0: still
2: scared oh, of Land God is in his
0: holy temple. <laughs> I'm only a hundred and nineteen years old and I'm Southern, which makes me extra creepy. That is true. <laughs> well, I mean, I
3: watched the ring. I mean, when I came out, uh, when it came out, I would have been maybe in fourth, fifth grade, like mm. the oldest. Mm. And I watched it and I didn't sleep for weeks. So solid parenting.
1: Wow. To add
4: to, uh, Ashley's, uh, um, talking about how, how timely and, and non-aged this movie is. It, I, I, I'm trying to remember if 2002 still had DVDs and VHS in the blockbuster next to each other, or if the DVDs were a totally d- separate section from VHS, or if they were phasing out all hmm. of uh, VHS well, by then. Do
1: you, do you guys buy into the conspiracy about The Ring? What's the conspiracy about the ring? Do you tell? That it was actually propaganda to get people to give up their VHS machines and move over to DVD players. That's oh, pretty great. Interesting.
2: Well, I would say that based on the marketing that um, – the ring did they they relied heavily on vhs uh the vhs push um some of the things i was reading about the movie is that one of the marketing camp uh, ploys that they used for the film which i think is really interesting is that they would leave these random tapes at like uh right. music music concerts and stuff like that and they would say like they get somebody to float a rumor that said yeah a pedophile left something like this and they had fake websites that you could go to to like research it it, but when they finally dropped the movie, Paramount erased all of the websites so nobody could see anything else about it uh, ever again. And um, it's interesting, if you have an original copy of the VHS of this or the original release of the DVD, one of the things that you can do is if you, the the tape, could the first time you put it in would just start and show the previews, but it wasn't rewound all the way. So if you rewound it all the way to the beginning, it would play uh, the just the straight up ring sequence when you see that uh, at the very beginning of it, but the DVD have an even even cooler feature where if you found this one little Easter egg in it, which is, I love DVDs when they came out because people cared. I used to love yeah. the idea of like the the hidden feature and finding the Easter egg in a DVD, but the Easter egg for uh, the DVD for the ring is, yeah, you would find it, you'd play it, and it wouldn't let you not watch the entire segment play out of the ring like uh, video so it would play it and then it would take you back to the main screen and you still couldn't do anything but then it would pump the sound of a telephone ringing through there right afterwards before it gave you control back which is that's pretty fucking that is a very cool wow. feature for uh, uh, marketing and just the extra thing as a horror fan that I really truly love are things like that so
1: that you, you went deep there I had no idea see this is another thing listen you actually explored all this. I I just didn't watch. Like, I watched the one time and threw the shit away. You're like, let's explore. Let's investigate. What else? I don't want to know anything else about this movie. I'm scared enough. I don't need to look well, further.
4: Can, can, can I just explain how this movie isn't dated at all between the videotapes they watch or the uh, vacuum tube TV that they watch it on or mm-hmm. the fact that they answer a real hardline phone.
2: Right. Yeah, or- yeah.
4: Or, or when she goes to develop that film, so.
2: Yeah, know. that is true. Hey, I actually, my daughter came down at one part of the movie where the guy is trying to take, uh, he's taking pictures. She's like, what is that thing he's taking pictures with? <laughs> Does it? Can you call on that? I was like, no, honey. Actually, we had we had what it's called cameras where they were just dedicated <laughs> to just take pictures, and you didn't make calls on them or look at pornography on the internet with. It's a very <laughs> fun tool that we had uh, growing you, you up. You tell
4: how old you tell how old a digital camera was because it was like a one inch little screen it had on the back with its one to two megapixels worth of uh, picture size. So. Hell yeah, Jeez.
2: hell yeah. So uh, no, but the the ring is. Uh, the Ring is a fun movie. I think it holds up. It it definitely plays a lot on. Um I think the, they definitely capitalize. I think personally on the, the success of Scream earlier in the decade where the mm-hmm. focus around the phone being a scary tool uh, in the movie it, it very much harkens back to that but the ring ha- it itself as a novel if you examine the uh, the Japanese screenplay and stuff like that has nothing to really do with the ringing of the phone but merely the circle of destruction that is caused within this movie uh, mm. That's what it's really supposed to mean, because we'll get to that as we as we break down the movie. But it it, it means more about how this cycle is never going to end, and how you can't stop this crazy uh, lady from killing people. And so, so
1: then Hollywood executives were like, "No, make it about the phone ringing." Yeah, we we need to focus on this
2: phone technology real quick. <laughs> if you could go back into the archives and make that happen, because listen, it's one thing that scares Americans. It's the phone. Because when that thing yeah. rings, we get scared. So, uh, the movie kicks off um, with um, the opening scene, which kind of sets the sets the stage for everything. And uh, we get to hear these two girls talking about the forbidden tape. What kind of
0: tape? A tape, a regular tape. People run it. I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on smiling at you right seeing you through the screen and as soon as it's over your phone rings someone knows you've watched it and what they say is you will die in seven days and exactly seven days later who told you that somebody from Rivera. who told you what's your problem It's a story, Katie. No, me and Josh. We saw it last weekend. I thought you were with your parents. Uh, I wanted to tell you. You were with Josh all Some of his friends got this this place up in the mountains. They were trying to record a football game. I I guess the reception was so bad. What are you talking about? Listen to me! When we played the tape, the game wasn't there. It, It was... What? What was it? It was something else. (laughs)
2: Whoa-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho! <laughs> um as the uh as the opening uh continues they do a really great job and I think uh the director uh who if we're being fair really copies from the original um pacing of it really sets the scene I love those shots all those shots in horror where you open a door and you just you're waiting for when she closes the refrigerator door to see something terrifying but there' there's mm. nothing they they're very it's a very masterful shot movie uh that really builds the the tension uh until she finally of course goes upstairs sees the video play and uh and then her face turns all black and uh Wait, it am is I,
1: am i allowed to-, Sorry, I about, I about to say something right now yeah go for it <laughs> hell yeah the one thing that i forget i feel like everyone forgets about this movie is they started off just watching normal television and it's just like oh what's on you know like what's on uh you know uh, TLC or hey have you ever seen this tape about people dying it's like I don't want friends like that like don't suggest <laughs> that like who's that friend like no I really just wanted to watch the Kardashians uh, of that era he's, you're actually, wanna...
2: you've you met him he's actually Jeremy Woodworth one of the co-hosts <laughs> yeah. of this show uh, don't watch his hey, family archive
4: hey, <laughs> hey do you ever see that video of a guy sticking a bottle and crushing it in his ass <laughs> no <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: no we're trying to watch tgif this is i want to watch family matters that was a show that was during the time. like what no i'm not going from family matters to death I, I didn't want to make that jump
0: hey while
4: we're on commercial did you see that video of a guy getting having sex with a horse
2: <laughs> it's a death I remember this this opening scene actually more from the movie Scary Movie than I think I actually remember it from this movie. Because uh, Scary Movie does it, does it great as the spoof with, uh I think it's Carmen Electra and Pamela Anderson. He's like, have you seen this tape? He's like, oh, the one where they do it on the boat, and then they do it on that. Not that one. <laughs> great bit. Great bit.
3: It's hard to believe that this was a young Amber Tamblyn Which is so weird because I've been to her her, uh, poetry readings and it's hard to believe that she would star in a horror movie and only grow up to marry a horror movie known as David Cross.
2: (laughs) well, it's funny when they when they cast this movie, they did it in a uh, they did a great uh, uh, casting job. But everybody in this movie was a complete unknown at the time. Naomi Watts, completely unknown. Uh, Amber Tamblyn, completely unknown. The only actual like actor who was billed on this thing was Brian Cox, who had any credits entering this, entering this film. And uh, we'll get a little bit more into Brian Cox as we continue. Jeremy, what were you saying, sir?
4: Uh, I don't remember Ringu, because it's been like 15 years since I saw the Japanese version, but... Did they do the same exact scene with the girls, or or did, that's all made up for the American version?
2: Well, they 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 didn't do the exact same scene as I believe, but they, they because they have, if you notice, they are both dressed in like what appear to us as Catholic schoolgirl outfits, but is like standard school <laughs> clothes for any uh, Japanese school going folk. So, so I
4: was yeah. questioning if they found like an American. Uh, exact cookie cutter version of the girl who's the Japanese girl who played go go and kill bill
1: ah big mm-hmm. nose. she is she is a cutie yeah um, oh, you know the other thing i feel like is missed is she always says the girl comes out smiling we never see her smile Oh, spoiler true. alert. That is true. That is
2: true. So it's a great opening scene. I love the tension. I love when she walks upstairs, she sees it, and then her face goes like completely, uh, turns into the the bad guy from Poltergeist 2 right before her eyes. Great opening segment. Or, or, uh,
4: or I like to say from uh, Hellraiser with the guy in the closet that comes out of the closet and vomits on her shoulder.
2: Oh. Uh, vomits maggots. So. Oh. I hate that. Um. <laughs> We, uh, we, uh, we then get to... <laughs> the- <laughs> we then get to uh we get to meet some of our characters moving through the movie we get to meet aiden uh who is naomi watts's son uh and naomi watts plays rachel he has a little bit problems he's uh drawing some real shitty pictures about his dead cousin who just died uh in the opening scene uh but aiden drew them last week oh shit that's before she died god that's scary uh we then see her. Uh, her sister begs Rachel to investigate uh, what happened to her daughter, um, but uh, uh, because she's a, a reporter, and if it's one thing that you want to do, it's ask an investigative reporter to to, to find out who the murderer is. Uh, well,
3: but it's it's her niece, though, so she's like, you need to care because this is your family.
2: Mm. No, I, I I agree with that. Um, it's just I feel like. But, like, like, if I had a reporter, like, if Jeremy worked for the Daily Bugle, right, unless he was Superman, I'd probably go to somebody else, right? But <laughs>
3: do you understand—okay, so the reason that's actually what happens in the movie, that part, is actually very real— Is because something like 98% of families, I can't remember where I got that fact, but actually recently, something like that, 90% of the families of victims, specifically of murder, have no confidence in the police to solve that murder, which is usually why they turn to the media.
2: Which is Mm. why you got to turn to Dog the Bounty Hunter. uh, Because
4: (laughs) (laughs) From raising arizona
2: that is true that is true because he I says if you, wanna, if, if you want to if
4: you want to find somebody if you need a cop you, you uh, they can find a donut shop for you otherwise you get a bounty hunter so
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh she starts following the bread com- crumbs by uh okay, question- okay
4: yeah you you've you missed something what did i miss um the moment when she greets her her friend and and uh, yes, yes, I do know?
2: I do think that's very funny Because uh, Jeremy, t- take us through what she does there She goes in and goes, how you doing? <laughs> after, t- after your kid just died
4: And the husband who's just sitting there Comentized, he's like,
2: oh, fine How
3: are you? <laughs> People did that after I crushed that deer in half People are like, how are you doing? I'm like, great <laughs> and- are, are you going to stop
4: crying? It's been like 20 minutes now
2: <laughs> yeah. God, Gosh. women, women
3: are so emotional. <laughs> this dude is such
2: so, a So, yep. Jeremy, uh, you composed a special song about just this scene where where she asked how you
1: doing, right? I've been waiting for Jeremy's special song. I, I was hoping he would have one. He, he has made it's one. It's okay for if this you week.
4: say special song, but you mean.
1: I did
2: not mean that, but Mm -hmm. uh, that's a hard R you (laughs) did drop there. But we'll go with it every week, and then and then we'll uh, we'll play this little ditty Jeremy came up with. Uh, It's called "How You Doing."
0: He's a fireman everywhere yeah. And you say yes. shake-
2: Amazing song. You didn't. Uh,
4: you didn't, Just only got like ten seconds more. Well, there was like a uh, thirty There's
2: seconds. We'll leave. We'll save seconds. the big. Ju- Do you want the last ten seconds just of the please, song, gang? Please, All right, here we go. This is a power
0: ballad.
3: easy cut
4: out come on i can't make it any better than that it's, the man shoots himself while he's doing the song
2: strong strong jeremy strong um, on, I,
4: I tried to wet that pussy as best i
2: could. you
3: jeremy you man that that spoke to me I, too, want to end my career the same way. Love
2: it. <laughs> on stage. So if interestingly you want to put enough. That
4: on, no. If you want to put that on loop when you do your suicide, I'll be proud. I'm kidding. I'm, not, I'm kidding. Don't do
2: that.
1: It's, no. Interestingly enough, after I finish sex, I am usually like, how you doing? And she <laughs> says,
4: fine. But so we all know that it's She back, actually right? talks back to you or is it just in your
2: mind? No.
1: But to bring it full circle, I did just kill it. So, hey yo. So uh So uh Wait, can we put out one last thing? I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah, got go it for in... it. The, We forget that the kid who was cast as the creepy kid was the best casting ever. That kid mm-hmm. looks creepy just on his own merit. Like he mm-hmm. Embodies creepy kid just by existing. He
2: looks like he wills leukemia into his body. Does that make sense? Like, let's not,
4: let's not forget he continued the creepiness in uh, Signs with uh, Mel Gibson.
2: That is uh, that is true. That's
3: true because he is, if I'm not mistaken, he is a Macaulay
1: Culkin sibling.
2: Oh, I I thought thought it was Joaqu- is that
1: not Joaquin Phoenix? Little little Joaquin?
2: No. So this would be David Dorfman, right?
1: <laughs> oh no.
2: David Dorfman what? made his feature debut in William H. Macy's son in the acclaimed uh, pa- uh, uh, drama Panic and played Gwyneth Paltrow's son in Bounce. Dorfman also appeared in uh, The 100 Mile Run and Aiden in The Ring, a remake of *Ringo*.
3: So, Is that the last thing he did?
2: Um, yeah, And apparently he, he did a 10-year stink at this, I guess it was like a resort called epstein island which is a weird place wow eric child
3: no you know <laughs> what spend... hear me no, no no hear me i think you and i what you just read eric he was not in science correct that is a uh culkin that's a kid.
2: culkin I'm... kid uh, so he's i don't think, think he is a culkin but he alike. looks like one though yeah. i was in the same boat as you until i'm just reading the things on the internet you're
3: you're right i have looked it up before you're right so it was a different kid in signs but it was one of the culkin kids because they all looked weird as shit when they were little
2: but this kid uh oddly enough david dorfman would go up to be the lead singer of my chemical romance so what a great what a great run this kid
1: had uh (laughs) he also works for nato now so that's weird
4: I'm, ge- I'm guessing that he works at McDonald's and is now 400 pounds, but he does interviews. No, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm being totally I'm, serious. Look, he look he works for NATO.
4: I, I was in, I was in the ring when I oh, was a child.
1: Oh no, uh, cool. na- no, he works for National Endowment for Democracy.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I loved pardon. his autobiography. Ned. Well, I loved his autobiography, which is why I was confused uh, when he finally grew up. He wrote a book called The Final Conflict. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs>
2: It's an omen three. Oh, okay. Thank you. Right, Thank right. you, Jeremy. I got
4: you. I got you. Oh, I love that soundtrack. It's one of my favorite Jerry Goldsmiths. So, uh,
2: uh, Rachel is able to follow the breadcrumbs. Uh, uh, and uh, during doing so, she finds out that uh, she finds some blurry face pictures of her sweet niece. Uh, doesn't know what that means, but it looks creepy. And uh, finds her way up to the cabins where she watched the tape. She goes ahead and rents cabin twice and grabs an unmarked video off the shelf. And that shelf has one quality time banger of an episode sitting there. And if any of you can guess what it is, Jeremy, I'll let you go first. What quality time movie is sitting on that goddamn shelf?
4: Uh, I'm going to guess your
2: your, we've never done your, but that is on the shelf. That is correct.
4: <laughs> I can't believe we haven't done a red brown movie.
2: I don't even know what your is, but I do have it on my list of other movies that are up on that uh, shelf right here. Well, you know who over. red
4: brown is, don't you? Uh,
2: no. no, is that That's red... the original
4: Cat? The 70s Captain America.
2: Ah, I thought that was Red Fox's uh, brother, Red Brown. Uh, so, uh, Much better
4: than that Chris Hemsworth guy.
2: In the upper left-hand corner, when you look at the tape at first, uh, the first movie on the shelf is none other than Chud, Jeremy. Chud, uh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. So now,
4: I was really hoping that Chud would have been a, a former film of, uh, of Gore Verbinski.
2: So uh, some other movies that are sitting on this shelf, though, uh, what could you... If you rented a, a cabin here, here are your entertainment choices, all right? And uh, feel free to stop me in any part in the list. You can choose uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which seems like a fun one to watch. Uh, there's a movie called Rage to Kill, which I had to look up because <laughs> Rage to Kill looks like one of the dumbest action films of the 80s I've ever seen. Uh, they, have an, they have a VHS copy of it. Um, the Secret of the Roswell Crash, if you're into some uh, some of that. Uh, a great... Uh, Academy Award-winning movie Powder. Powder uh, is up there. I love there. Powder. How dare you? Um, mm. you? hey, if 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 you're into romance and hearing uh, Al Pacino talk like this to a woman, you can watch Scent of a Woman. Uh, of course, Your is up there. La Bamba. Jeremy, here's one for you. A a uh, a classic from the '80s. Cocoon is sitting up on the shelf. They also have. Oh, I love
4: it. Oh, Cocoon. That's one of my favorites.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Is that Wilford Brimley?
4: There's <laughs> a movie when I was only in my 70s. <laughs> uh,
2: they also have the great movie The Fly, which would probably be my pick, if I'm being honest. But they also have uh, a movie just called Spontaneous Combustion. Which I that's the one I pick Probably personally. Uh, they also have uh, it looks like some uh, some uh, Christian films. There's one called Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, wilderness Family. Uh I was oh. going to th-
3: say, Eric, I'm going to bet you that Sodom and Gomorrah ain't what you think it is.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. When are, I mean, I thought they turned to stone, but it's just one part of this guy. Um, uh, I, got
4: a, I got a movie name I'd watch. It'd be called Nebula and Gomorrah.
2: Ah! So I, <laughs> uh, they also have uh, The Great Steel Magnolias, which I am unapologetically I love that movie. Um, Um, I know
4: you love Olympia Dukakis. God,
2: fuck yeah. Uh, America Over There, The Looking Glass War, Open Water Experience, which just sounds like the shittiest, like the beginnings of VHS VR. It
4: sounds like a a Seth, uh, what's his name, movie.
2: um, The worst. This is clearly the worst. No, the other
4: Seth. the, the, The Seth Green green littler stuff
2: yeah Yeah. they also have uh this has to be the worst film that's up there there's one that's called garden pond basics and i want to know when you're on vacation who picks garden pond you know you know what i need to do garden pond basics is the one i'm gonna watch to relax you did
3: not know my aunt carol her and i would go up to cabins in maine and vermont and i shit you not that probably would have been her pick (laughs)
4: I just want to say, out of all those movies, uh, I would uh, definitely choose The Muppets Take Manhattan because that's probably the best movie to have sex to. Because I know kids love the Muppets.
2: If I were to, if I was ever, (laughs) Jesus Christ! Um, (laughs) Did
1: anybody miss that? Did everybody miss that?
2: (laughs) If there was a, if there was ever a movie that I could mash up uh, that has a similar (laughs) name, I would love to mash up. The Muppets take Manhattan, and uh, Jason takes Manhattan because that would be the most fun, like movie of watching these puppets just get hacked apart by Jason Voorhees for ninety minutes, and then watching him become a uh, completely deformed mongoloid in a subway sewer while Miss Piggy just goes. <laughs>
1: Kirby? Like, that is the movie that we deserve and we need more than anything. Uh, I, I'd like to see the montage of uh, one of the Muppets suiting up to beat Jason. Because, you know, they got to have a montage mm-hmm. when they're going to face the bad guy. So, I, I don't know which Muppet survives. I would say Elmo, most likely. Because I could just see him coming up and, and meeting Jason as he's about to try to kill him and be like, Tickle this. And then... <laughs> Take a, taking him out,
2: Elmo will drive you. Will drown you in this lake, Jason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seeing him as a, just a sadistic killing monster would be fun. <laughs> Only because he's retaliating. Because Elmo is sweet, but when he's pushed too far, that's I he's... fucking
2: had enough. <laughs> exactly. I I'm Elmo, and the guy who voiced me one time fucked a thirteen year old. That's that's a true so. story. That is a true story about the great. Oh, Elmo. Glenn,
3: come for the come for the horror movies, stay for the molesting. <laughs> Jeez,
4: Jesus, <laughs> Elmo sounds a little different after they changed the guy that did the puppeteering.
2: Yeah, the for, for the right reasons, but uh, she she goes and takes the unmarked tape and uh, deals with this. Really low, uh, low budget. Uh, Chris Angel, who does the worst card trick in the world, and uh, then she watches the uh, watches oh, the tape. Fuck. Sorry, that was a bit loud. And I love, I love the tape itself, and just like the low key fucking art film studio thing that happens where it's like blood and water I think the thing that shocked me the most time when I was watching the tape for the first time as a movie was when it was like all the maggots but then it like switched to like hundreds of bodies like writhing around on the ground I thought that was like the most shocking thing of that entire little sequence but uh, I don't know what, what was your take Glenn What? how did you feel watching the ring tape
1: uh you mean the first time or on like a rewatch? Either or surprise. I was caught, you know, in the moment I was caught up in the creepiness of it and I'm just like, wow, this is oh my goodness, it's creepy. A ladder, ladder, a ladder to nowhere. <laughs> that scared this, you know what I mean? If you ever see a ladder that goes to nowhere, it's very frightening because you don't know why. Uh and then, you know, I was just engrossed in the ring. I, I was fully caught up in the oh, the ring is so scary. Now when I watch it, I'm like, this is, what, 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 what this is ridiculous. Uh, it, you know, to me, I feel like it. it's, it's one of those movies that was great when you first watch it because it's frightening. But if, if you rewatch it or break it down, you're like, okay, all right, this is ridiculous.
2: <laughs> it feels like the movie that's uh, you like, it feels like one of those videos now that like, you know, when somebody like po- dude you want to see something watch this and it's like it feels like a youtube video you have to watch to be respectful yeah. to your friend but in the back of your mind you're like this shit fucking sucks yeah. like all the way all the way but, through <laughs> and then you you have to the, retaliate by showing him one man one jar you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> like this is what this is what that felt like what but, you did but to in me.
1: all fairness on first viewing it was great, groundbreaking. I was very frightened. I thought it was done very well. It's just on subsequent viewings is when. Now that I know that I won't die in seven days, I'm 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 not scared anymore.
2: That is true. That is true. <laughs> Ashley, what were your first, first thoughts on uh, on experiencing the ring video itself? Mm.
3: Well, I have to say, Glenn talked about the fear of a ladder that goes to nowhere. Honey, that's just called being a woman trying to excel in your career.
2: There you um, go. There you go. Turn it that's up. Great
3: um no for me it's the fingernails sorry the dog it's the fingernails on the mm. the nail oh
1: yeah i can't yeah, do yeah.
3: that that one makes me sick can't do it
1: well actually though i would just like to say in terms of a woman in her career it's not a ladder that goes to nowhere it actually does lead somewhere uh the glass ceiling you know? <laughs>
3: I was going to say a manhole, and then when you climb up, there's a car coming
2: in, it just kills you. Shh. Harkening back to our favorite movie, Chud, I, once again. Uh, oh god. I, I,
4: I just want to say that the, the ring reminded me on how when you pause video cassettes in the old days, they kind of wore on the video cassette, which meant that my dad would realize I'd been pausing parts of his porno tape and returning it to his... <laughs> his shelf and then he knew i'd been watching it
2: oh yeah classic dad's but, but, tape don't watch i know hey, that's what you're talking why is about. the
4: videotape fucked up in this spot
0: where you've been jerking off kid
2: <laughs> there was some comedian that pointed out that like in the days of vhs porn if you ever watched your 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 parents pornography uh that wherever that movie started that's where your dad nutted you know what I mean? Like, that's that's a weird thing to understand as a child. Like, until you become like, oh, I started where my dad finished. And it's a circle of life, which brings us back to the ring. And that Which is was also
4: like- <laughs> kind of weird that every video started with some woman with poop on her face.
2: God damn it, Jeremy. Oh, I hate you from the bottom of my heart, opening Ooh. these ruins up. So anyway... Uh, She watches the tape and then, of course, gets the telephone ring out of nowhere that just says... Seven days. Seven days. Oh, gosh. I was watching. It's funny that... uh... I was watching The Amazing World of uh, Gumball with my children before I came down here to do our God podcast. And I uh, I was watching this, and uh, the, the premise of the show is that one of the characters could not experience stupidity for one week. And the other character goes, Oh, my God, how are we going to do this for nine days? And I love that line. <laughs> such such good writing. Um, you and let that, your
4: kids watch Gummo?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we're watching Gumbo. That is correct, Jeremy. Uh, You're shout out, horrible outs. father. I have, I have, don't disagree with you. So, uh, I mean,
4: I could understand the Serbian film, but not Gummo.
2: <laughs> oh God, uh, I love Three Men and a Baby. So anyway, Rachel then shows the tape to uh, Noah, who will later find out is actually Eden's dad. They're estranged. They live in Seattle. They love grunge music. Uh, he asked her to make him a copy of it, but the numbers are all screwed up like a finger without a fingerprint that's crazy she then goes to see Becca her (laughs) friend from the opening act and uh, sees that she's on the fucking edge of all of her sanity but is able to stretch part of the tape to find that on the very edge track there's a lighthouse in the background a fly comes out of the screen that's fun Um, the lighthouse leads her to uh, 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 Moose Moose mosco island mosco uh, jeremy knows i'm mispronouncing it he won't correct me he'll just laugh uncontrollably i uh, Island. I'm very
4: fluent in <laughs> japanese and i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> oh i forgot i forgot the first um uh send up is when she drives to the cabin and you actually hear the music from the shining
2: oh really? interesting i didn't pick that up jeremy i think that was maybe only you that picked it up do you think it was there's, a tribute to the shining or the actual shining there's, music there's, there's
4: three more that i picked up in the movie although i think there's five and i missed one
2: so uh she also finds out uh where the this lighthouse is she also finds out why the horses that are dead on the tape are on there because uh, the lady who was Anna Morgan was a horse breeder and all of the horses uh, uh, ended up dying under her care. She finds out that she also jumped to her death. But what happened mm. to this sweet Anna Morgan who looks oddly like like the Wish version of Katie Seagal from um, you know Sons of Anarchy or uh, Married with Children? Does anybody else feel that or or no? Is Is that just me? Is that just a me thing?
4: She's a woman and she has long hair.
3: (laughs) I was going to say, why are we acting like Anna Morgan went insane? Like, I feel like she is every mom I've seen on YouTube or TikTok. We're just like, my husband won't help me with anything. I'm going to do it.
2: (laughs) So, uh,
4: like, like, literally, I couldn't tell the difference between War Machine and the first Iron Man and the second Iron Man. <laughs> Although I think one Iron Man had a much
1: smaller penis. Dude, the, what's War his machine.
2: name? What's his name does have a comically small penis, which is very, very funny to me. The first I night. love
1: that you said what's his name because now we have to guess what's his name. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. Duh. So, the guy, uh, the guy from Hustle and Flow and from the first Iron Man, movie. I don't want to know.
1: I don't want to know. I don't want to be implicated if, if you, you ever if you out the guy. No, no, Michael no. Williams. There's no
2: outing of it. He's in a movie. I'm trying to remember oh, the guy's name. Yeah, Terrence Howard. Terrence yeah. Howard, his penis is on screen in one movie where, uh, you can look up the gif if you look up Terrence Howard, uh penis and it is comically small, like so small that like i'm surprised he allowed it to be filmed like it's very 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 it's it's very funny to say yeah yeah very very tiny dick um so, but brave of him. Congrats, Terrence Howard. He's a great actor. So uh, Noah then finds that his face is all fucked up at the bodega camera. She, uh, Rachel then comes home and pulls the electroshock diode out of her fucking mouth because that's a creepy thing. That's one thing about the 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 grudge as well as the ring is like it's all about... Glenn, are you finally seeing Terrence Howard's yeah, penis? Just... <laughs> just... Hey, did I... What, one
1: question. Did I understand? undersell it <laughs> I, I'm, to me i'm just thinking was marvel like listen we can't have a war machine with a little gun we can't i'm sorry war machine's gonna have a bigger gun than this
4: like literally they're gonna redo full metal jacket where he tries to have sex with the prostitute and he takes out his penis and just um, everybody starts laughing their asses off
0: jeez okay so, i'm sorry
2: so no uh we then find out that uh, the ring uh, chick and her uh, uh, and her son's... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. She, uh, she pulls that electric diode out of her mouth and then wakes up from a dream, um, but then finds that her son has been watching the goddamn movie. So now Aiden's also seen the film three days into the seven-day stint, which means now Aiden has a little death wish on his head. So... Rachel then tells Noah that their son has watched it. He gets uh, new inspiration. Um, uh, Noah, uh, the son Aiden then gets some new inspiration for his art. He's drawing much more rings. He's become very much more uh, 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 geometric. I don't know. I was trying to think of an art thing. It's not important. But uh, before you die, you get to see the ring is what he tells him. Eric, and, uh,
3: would you say he's... I'm going to hate that I said this. Are you, would you say that his art is avant <laughs>
2: <laughs> No, it's avant when he only draws uh, Thomas the Tank Engines day and night and different cosplay and sexual situations. Uh, that's avant- avant-tarde. Uh, <laughs> Noah and Rachel, have we,
4: have, we have we missed the part where she finally sees the ladder in real life?
2: Uh, no, because she sees the ladder in real life when she gets to the island and we're not there. But they're about to split up. She's going to head to the island while Noah then goes to go track down uh, what happened to Anna Morgan and her crazy ass. So he heads to the hospital. So uh, on her little ferry ride over to the island, she uh, startles a horse and just in classic- Um, classic uh, uh, lady thing. She thinks she can calm it down by continuing to do the exact same thing she's been doing, which is frighten the horse constantly. It breaks down the door and almost runs over a couple people and then jumps to its death, but not only jumps to its death, also gets (laughs) chopped up by the rotors underneath the boat. So it's a very, very powerful scene right there. Can
4: can I say the moment that that blood starts... Gushing out behind the boat, and that little girl screams. I had never laughed so
2: hard. <laughs> I do. Hey, I I, I I did pop at that part too, where she's <laughs> like.
3: <laughs> it was like
4: worse
0: than Newton Aliens. So
3: I also love that Eric's like, "Oh, she did the typical woman thing by beating a dead horse." I'm like, <laughs> eh, I'm not sure that's a woman thing, but sure. Uh,
1: you know, the thing that I thought is. uh I, like that scene is not related to the movie that just happened on the boat like that had nothing to <laughs> yeah, do yeah. with, a, with the, that's like if some other guy is telling that same story you're like hmm. Yo, the craziest shit happened a horse jumped off the boat you know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though actually because you just made me think of this glenn that is true Karen. energy so I'll back up on Eric a little bit. It is true Karen. energy that the horse doesn't want to be pet by her. And she's like, no, you want to be pet by me.
2: And then the horse
3: goes overboard and dies. And she's like, that's your pet's fault, not mine. Yeah, like, she's I'm, like, I'm she keeps telling it
2: to calm down. And she was just like, why aren't you calming down more?
3: <laughs> Can I talk to your manager? I want my money back for my fairy ticket.
2: Wow. So, uh, meanwhile, Noah finds out that Anna uh, had uh, 66 miscarriages, which is, that seems like a lot. I, I let, let's break down the math on miscarriages here, because how, like, how many is that a year? Like, if you think about it, like, from, what, her 20s to her maybe Wait, 40s? Yeah, that's in her record. She finds out she had 66 miscarriages. No, 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 Eric. I could be wrong. Somebody else stop me if they know I don't
3: think that's what it says. It, I think it logged the year she had them.
2: You think it's the year she had a, yeah, a miscarriage yes, in you. 1966?
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> because look at the yeah. way she's dressed at other times. Wait a minute.
2: We- How do years work? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I picked that up wrong. I got, I'll, I'll stand like Because listen, I got to admit, when I wrote this down, I was like... That seems ridiculous. Like, who can even have sex 66 times? That's that's crazy.
4: Like, literally, a woman can only have 12 miscarriages a year.
2: <laughs> that is true. And so if you did that over, even over a six to seven-year period, that seems ridiculous. But, yeah, no, that's... Okay, we'll go 1966, she had a miscarriage. But I thought I saw it as, like, miscarriage, miscarriage, no, miscarriage. No, because
3: they were saying, like, every time they saw her or, like, when it was documented... It would say the year, like what year it was happening down
2: down the <laughs> list.
3: But I, I love I love how well you know women's friend. I'm so yeah. Basically what I'm hey. saying
2: is her womb was so polluted that she oh, could
4: wait wait a second. <laughs> Every miscarriage could have been twins or triplets.
2: Oh, so maybe they're counting each one as a quadruplet. Yeah, so they're really, Okay. All right. I can't
3: believe that you two are married. <laughs>
1: I've abstained from this conversation just once. You want that noted from the record, Ashley. You're a
3: good man, Glenn. You're a good man. <laughs> Have we gone past the part
4: where they visit Becca in the hospital?
1: Uh no. Yeah, about twenty-five miscarriages. <laughs> yeah, row, we've found that. <laughs> That's how we're measuring the the
2: time of this movie is in miscarriage. Yes. <laughs> <Jeez.
4: laughs> did, did we? Did I seriously miss it already? Yes, we've already yeah. we've already yeah.
2: passed that part for sure.
4: Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's the, the, when she goes to the hospital. She's walking with a partition between her and the TV, so she doesn't freak out like a, like an autistic child or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they they follow the wheel of the partition, which spin, is kind of fucked up, exactly like the fucked up wheel in in the movie Jacob's Ladder, where oh. Tim Robbins is is going to be operated on, and mm. they take him to Shawshank.
1: So. If you realize, honest- there's no WD-40 in horror movies. It so. <laughs> is true. Things well, I honestly didn't squeak.
3: pick up on it because it's like I've gone to Wise Market before. They're all the broken card. I get that.
2: I'm surprised that like, why hasn't WD-40 run that commercial where they fix horror movies and they just unsqueak everything? <laughs> like it can't be creepy anymore. Like they can't, <laughs> they can't make creaky doors. That would be a good... Listen, let's reach out. W, welcome to the Quality Time Podcast. Let's shout out to our sponsor, WD-40, making things uncreepy and not making you think little demonic children are running around your attic. Yeah. Still uh,
4: keeping butt sex lubricated.
2: <laughs>
1: a
4: little WD-40, it might burn, but it could burn worse. <laughs>
1: No, I think you I missed the opportunity to say it hurts so good. Is with the... <laughs>
2: so, so Rachel heads to Anna's old residence 23128 and finds Mr. Brian Cox an hour into the movie, who was the biggest billed actor on the film, uh, tells him about the tape, he gets upset and then claims, I never had a daughter! And then uh, after that all happened, Aiden tells Rachel that the little girl lives in a dark place now. She then goes to check with a local <laughs> <laughs> Nuthouse on the island and finds out and gives Rachel the skinny that their daughter was Samara and was their adopted daughter. Not sure how they got her and tells her that because she's gone now, things have been a lot better on the island which is uh, which is fun. Now, a little tidbit about Samara and the name uh, was that's the same name as the girl in the original Ringu movie but Samara is also the fruit that the Japanese maple produces which which is that tree that you see in the ring video with the like bright red leaves and stuff like that. So, the fruit from the Japanese maple is called samara. There you go. Fun little factoid. Um, noah then goes to go out to find some more shit and finds to uh, tries to find uh samaro's recorded psyche val but finds out that the tape is gone by a very probably the most fun character is the guy who runs the records at this psycho where he's like i got a system <laughs> and my system is i'm not to be fucked with or played with do you understand and then he opens the tape he's like now mad because <laughs> it's gone i fucking love that entire
0: scene <laughs>
2: So is the dog, apparently.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I'm assuming they see someone.
2: Oh, just let the dog rock, Ashley. Take yourself off mute. We want to hear. <laughs> Add it to the pod. <laughs> All right, so... Uh,
1: the owners are... High. Oh, okay, cool. Listen, that guy, that guy, are you squatting in a home? Yes, she's... (laughs) You're you're running around turning off all the lights. (laughs) Like the owners are... Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) I got to sneak out the back door. I got to sneak out the back door before I set up this VHS player. I'm going to get this house in seven days. So,
2: um, So, uh they find out all that shit, that the tape is gone, they can't watch that, but Rachel goes back to Morgan's house later that night and finds the tape that he's looking for and uh, finds out that uh, Daddy didn't like her, and I also don't like the sound of the horses. They make they keep me up at night. And uh, as she's watching this horrible psych evaluation, we see the, the domineering Brian Cox behind her and ends up striking her with a hook but not hitting her with like the meat stabby part just gives her an old backhand like this and uh that's fun I guess uh then he goes I never had a daughter you weren't supposed to be here and then he immediately goes upstairs wraps a couple electrical cords around himself and way too much electrical things like I understand at least how power works it's all just one circuit you understand if you just drop one circuit in there that's all you need but he was like no the more things I plug in this will be the more wattage that I need to get the job done so he jumps into a full tub with the little uh uh, uh fucking uh outlet around his neck and then all the goes, oh god son of a bitch and he just fries himself right before rachel's eyes uh i so- really
4: think it would have been better if he just had 20 vcrs to drop into the uh into the bathtub with him so
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's, you know, when you invite somebody over for a dinner party, but dinner's not ready and you have to stall them and you knock them unconscious to do that. I feel like that's what that scene was. Yes. Like, why did you have to stall to kill yourself? You gotta, he's like, I'm not ready. I don't have it, my things plugged is in. Is
2: Brian Cox going to have to strike a bitch before he kills himself? That's. <laughs> I have to get my horse teething
4: ring ready to kill myself.
2: <laughs> he does put a teething ring in, which is just going back. But basically what we gather is that uh, Samara is also not only completely batshit crazy, but also has some type of psychic powers that uh, we don't understand because it's driving her foes nuts now this past- or that they talk about is Samara's uh, uh, psychic abilities in, in Japan is known as Nensha which is the ability to be able to burn images onto things whether it's a wall or a photograph or even into somebody's mind and that'll be important because it's theorized that the way that Samara kills people in this movie is that she puts all of the images and burns them into your mind from the ring tape because listen she sense. just wants to be heard more than anything else so you <laughs> Noah shows up right after this suicide. They check out the horse stable and find Samara's old room with the giant uh, 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 ladder that leads up above the stable. They peel back some wallpaper and find the Japanese maple burned into the wood. She says, she knows, she's seen this. The suns At Sunset Mountain where the cabins are where they find the tape. So they immediately head back to the mountain because guess what? They're at day seven and this lady is out of time. But, uh, she tells her, tells Noah, like you got to save our son because he's super dead if you don't figure it out in the next twenty four hours. So do that. They spill some marbles out onto the floor. It all congregates underneath the TV. They hack it open with a giant axe, and the screws start to come undone as they find a well that's hidden beneath this cabin. And uh, uh, a TV then falls and knocks Rachel into the well, and she gets to see Samara's death as she finds her corpse within that fucking well but uh finally she thinks that now that she's found the body that samara can rest in p- peace the day is saved rachel and noah have rekindled their love they love their child and their kid that looks like a culkin it's everything is looking good as the sun rises on day eight uh rachel lays down next to her son aiden in the bed and asks him how he's doing he
1: said it for you. I
2: love it. You helped her?
0: Yeah. Why did you do that? What's wrong, honey? You weren't supposed to help her. It's okay now. She's not going to hurt you. She... Don't you understand, Rachel?
2: She never slept. So Samara actually is a bad person and we are immediately taken to Noah's house as now he's reached his day seven and in the shocking conclusion to this movie, Samara comes out of the TV screen uh, which is very, very creepy and and exciting in multiple ways. Um, uh, Rachel arrives too late just to see the twisted remains of her sweet ex-husband before her eyes. Um, She can't figure out Though why she's still alive and her husband uh, or uh, her baby daddy is no longer alive. And uh, she realizes maybe it's because she did this. He
0: wants me to go away. My wife was not supposed to have a child. All I ever wanted was you. Don't you understand, Rachel? But he doesn't know. She never sleeps. You take one person's tragedy. You don't.
2: she made a copy of the tape so she then takes her son over to the recording studio he makes a copy of the tape but he does mention like well what happens to the person that we showed the tape to and then she's literally like makes this look like i don't know fuck that dumb bitch and that brings <laughs> us to an end of the Ring 2002, which spawned, uh, a, I think, at least one sequel, probably a straight to third uh, DVD, uh, but a great film. Glenn Lawrence, your final thoughts
1: on The Ring? Uh, groundbreaking uh, when it was first uh, put out there. Uh, I've always, the creepy crawl sequence, that that was the one that got me you know when she gets out of the tv and she does the real the crawl upside uh, yeah. down or whatever like I, i'm forever uh maimed by that or you know and, um, Scarred. Yeah. Scarred. Scarred not feeling of, yeah. it.
2: You know? I Scarred. do. I, I do think that's scary. I think it takes a little bit uh, from the exorcist and how she crawled around to a certain extent. But uh, mm-hmm. the Japanese always do it like extra weird. They have, I don't know, they have more flex. They're more flexible people, if I'm going to be honest with you. And uh, yeah. something about their movements is very, very. It actually ruined
1: strip clubs for me for a very long time because yeah. I've, I've seen some of those moves. <laughs>
2: Now, coming up to the stage, Samara! <laughs> my, my cherry pie, but a on my face, my word. Um Jeremy, your final thoughts on The Ring?
4: Um, my favorite part of The Ring was uh, Samara's dance moves when she danced to that Duran Duran song. And uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's Donnie Darko but it's the same.
2: It's <laughs> very good, um, Jeremy. Very good.
4: And, uh, I met the actual actress at uh, chiller and her mom was kind of a, uh, kind of like a working mother, uh, actor's mom, kind of like a little cold. Um, the other thing is the d- deleted scene to me is etched in my mind forever for the ring because the last scene actually goes through a blockbuster to find the actual copy that she made that she just put oh,
2: on the shelf Oh, i've never seen which, that deleted scene that sounds fun
4: but my and this that's the true part the joke part was i really wish they could do that exact same scene which they should have done in scary movie where you go <laughs> and you see the ring on the shelf between navy seals and jerry Maguire.
2: so ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good very good. And Ashley, what are your final thoughts on the movie? I'm so sorry. Or, did <laughs> sorry, the owners but, come back? They did, early. <laughs> they were sorry. like, Are you podcasting at our home? <laughs> well,
3: well, I feel like right as they came home, someone was probably screaming something about molestation. I was like, I gotta go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, um I got to be honest, it's a it's a great movie. It's one of my favorites and I never get tired of revisiting it. I still think I think it's kind of a 10 out of 10 movie.
2: I do. I do like it. I would I'd probably give it more points if it was uh an original an original film. And maybe one day we'll do Ringu and revisit this to really get it give it I give it a 5 its... out of
4: 5 video cassettes. <laughs>
3: I <I've> been... <laughs> Well, I have to say though we wouldn't do it anytime soon. I don't hate the sequel, to be honest. Now they did then make Rings, which is like a third movie. Oh, I did not care for it.
2: Mm, okay, I think right. the
4: whole thing where she has to take the video cassette and drop it into a molten lava mountain was kind of dumb.
2: Yeah, I agree with mm. that. Uh, Solid. Um, uh, Glenn, where can people find you at? Where can people consume the things that you do? Uh,
1: you can check out Level Level Up. Comedy.com. Uh, That's the website. Also Level up Comedy on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Glenn Lawrence comedy. That is, uh, that's on uh, Twitter, I believe. And uh, yeah, Facebook as well. Glenn Lawrence comedy. Um, yeah, that's about it. Level up comedy. Glenn Lawrence comedy. You can find me. I'm also got a podcast that usually airs every uh, Tuesday or live airs on Facebook uh, on uh, at like 8 15 on mondays 8 15 tune in there and
2: let's watch this shit it's gonna be fun yeah. he goes live hey, enjoy Arlington.
1: It. yeah hell yeah um, Jeremy, i love you but you're not invited because this is a wholesome family <laughs> environment okay
4: <laughs> you need some jesus before you go on
1: my podcast you need some jesus before you come see me son no, uh, you, you yeah, made some wild jokes tonight. Blurred Dad podcast uh, Mondays at uh, eight fifteen, and then it's on all your Spotify, your Apple Music, YouTube, uh, all that good stuff. Also streaming on Twitch. So there you go. Level up comedy. Blurred Dad podcast.
2: All right, uh, Ashley, where can people find you at Love and the and the wonderful store that you got going on?
3: Yeah, um, I now have merch up on Teespring. And, sorry, I'm driving now. Um up on Teespring, Redbubble. Uh, you can also find me on... Uh,
1: you look public. like you just escaped a crime scene. You're <laughs>
3: well, I need, I need gas. I'm so low on gas. I'm like, I'm lucky. I'm not going to
2: run out of gas.
1: N- your, never go squatting on, on half a tank, Ashley. You know that. Never go squatting on half a tank.
2: Yeah, you I'm have to Indian put
4: Indian the phone everywhere. down, we understand. We can still hear you.
3: <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Um, I'm sorry. No. So, uh, yeah, I've got three stores right now, but you can always find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs.
2: All right. Check out Ashley Pontius laugh. All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. And uh, check us out at the Mahoning Drive-In on Friday night. Jeremy, take us out of here
1: samara can't be reasoned
4: with she can't be talked to and she will not stop until you are dead
0: So